Alrighty guys, welcome back to episode 9. But before we get on with that team, we're going to be just covering off on the last two episodes, or 8.1, 8.2, with Ben and Dalton. So some really big takeaways from that. Uh, the guys were absolutely amazing. It was so great hearing how uh, Ben has overcome uh, all of his struggles uh, to be where he is now and to have the confidence that he has to keep on going and pushing harder and trying to strive for better. Um, hearing some of just the technical breakdown from Dalton as well was an absolute uh, eye-opener in terms of sleep and how he goes about running his business in order to set Ben up uh, for the future. So guys, if you haven't listened to that one yet, I highly recommend you go back, give it a listen. There are just so many gold nuggets in there that you'll be able to take away and really apply to yourself and see instant results. But uh, we're going to get started with today's episode. So we've got Georgia in from the Brisbane Heat and also the Queensland Fire. Georgia's been a uh, cricketer, not for the longest, so you wouldn't... Um for, for her level and for where she is, you would expect her to be playing cricket pretty much from the time that she walked, but she kind of fell into it. Uh, we touch on her training, what she needs to do uh, in order to make the squad, let alone uh, continue playing, and just some of the things that are going about. We also touch on um, you know what it is today, how uh, women are really setting uh, the way for getting uh, other women, and especially younger girls, they're really setting that... Um, that, that uh, that path of uh, least resistance for them, I guess, to really excel um, in uh, and have the opportunities to become professional sports people. Uh, and it's just so good to see that, uh, you know, these girls are really leading a charge, not only on the field and in that professional state, but what they do off the field as well and how they run their social media um, and how easy it is to also for younger girls to access these um, athletes and be able to get inspiration from them and really drive and push harder and and it only just makes the game better and better and this is across all sports as well so guys i really think you're going to enjoy today's podcast it's absolutely great we've got georgia on and team uh just keep on listening a little bit of housekeeping as well guys um if you are enjoying the podcast, please take a screenshot of it, uh, chuck it up on the socials, tag ATP Fitness for us. Um, it will be muchly, we, we will muchly appreciate it, and also um, we love to see you guys, uh, you know, listening along. We're, we're up to over 500 listeners now, so the podcast is starting to gain a little bit of traction, and we're trying to get as many more uh, athletes and you know, everyday people doing extraordinary things onto the podcast. So if there is anyone you know that has an extraordinary or exciting story, please feel free to get in contact with us. Um, you can do that via Facebook or Instagram. Um, so yeah, we would love to hear your thoughts. And if there is anyone uh, that you would like to hear on the podcast and like uh, them to share their story. So guys, please get in contact. Otherwise, please uh, show your love. Um, but other than that, team, let's get into the podcast. It's going to be an absolute cracker with Georgia. And guys, you're going to absolutely love it. Chat soon. Welcome, team. My name is Josh Atkins, and you're listening to Australia's Most Adventurous Podcast. Ready? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Bit about me. So, um, my name is Georgia Prestwich. I am a currently contracted to the Brisbane Heat and Queensland Fire. Um, so that'll be my fifth year round with Queensland Fire, and then fourth year with the Brisbane Heat this season. I am currently studying a Bachelor of Nutrition and Dietetics at QUT, and studying part. Uh, sorry, working part time at Country Road. Oh, Country Road as well. Yep, Country Road. Yeah. Oh, nice. Got my pockets full. <laughs> awesome. So let's let's go right back to the beginning. How or when, when? Sorry, did you get contracted into the Brisbane Heat? So. Um, Five years ago, the WBBL actually started, and that was um, the first year that it was a completely separate competition from the WNCL. So WNCL is Women's National Cricket League, and that was 50 over games and 20 over games. And then obviously off the back of the huge success of the Big Bash League, they kind of split our 2020 stuff off um, the long format, and that became, yeah, the WBBL, but that would have been... Gosh, what's four years ago? 2015 would have been my first year. Oh, nice. So I was 18, I would have been. Yeah. So you went into professional sport at 18? I went into professional, semi-professional sport when I was actually in grade 12. That was, okay. my, that was my first proper contracted year with the Queensland Fire. Um, and it was so funny because I remember getting the contract for it and it was $700 and I honestly thought it was the bee's knees. Like walking around school thinking I'm earning $700, like how good is that? That's the most money I've ever had in my whole entire life. <laughs> and I kind of look back now and I'm like, oh God, that's so funny. Like, <laughs> that's like a good couple of weeks at Country Road. So <laughs> so yeah, it's it's definitely come a long way, but yeah, that would that would have been my first year contracted, yeah. Awesome. Mm. And, well, let's go right back. How early did you start playing cricket? Um, I always... People ask me this all the time and I can never actually... I, I played a lot of sports and I think I might have gone to one of the Milo T20 blasts with my youngest brother, Will, and that was at Shaw Park and I would have been maybe 13. And I signed up for school cricket in the Catholic system at St. Reader's and they didn't even have enough for a team. Like they were thinking there was about seven of us. So I had to kind of poach all my friends from school and oh. and none of them even knew what cricket was. So it was, <laughs> it, well, neither, neither did I at that stage. But um, yeah, so I started playing for school. I think it might've been maybe grade nine or 10. It wasn't, yeah, it, I was a bit of a late starter compared, okay. compared to most people. But yeah, I played a couple of years at school and then got picked up through the you know, the Met North pathways yep. um, and through the, the Queensland state system there and then got a rookie um, rookie contract in year 11 um, and that was unpaid and that was training full-time and studying at school in year 11 and then first contract in year 12. So what did full-time consist of? What were the amount of hours you were putting in there? Um, great question. It was six days a week but... Um, they had a period um, during the day where you girls couldn't train between 10 and 4, so it'd be before school, like from 5, 5.30, and then I'd go back after school would finish, or, and then Saturdays all day, so. And were there also women in the team that were not in school? Oh yeah, there was, I was definitely the youngest at that stage, Okay. but a lot of them were working full-time, like there's teachers, there's nurses, there's, yep. You know, there's a lot of girls that are, that were working full time at that stage, just because it just wasn't enough. the The pay wasn't enough to be yeah. to live 
live off. So okay, yeah. and again, what what were the other sports when you were younger that you were playing? Oh gosh, I was a very competitive javelin thrower. So I threw javelin for quite a number of years um, and ended up doing really, really well at that, which was surprising. But um, so I did javelin for about three years there and softball was probably my other main main sport. I actually used to play just at Downey Park here. Oh, OK. So like sometimes in the in the rest, I'm dying. I need to go out for a break. I go and have a look at the softball field, which is <laughs> a nice little reminder. But um, <laughs> yeah, so softball and then soccer um, and a bit of touch. So. Yeah, there's lots going on in our household. A bit of jack of all trades? Yeah, a bit of jack of all trades. Not very great at the others. I'm lucky I stuck with cricket. <laughs> <laughs> and so I guess you come from a pretty uh, big sporting family. Yes. Um, so all the brothers are playing cricket and everything? Yeah, so my poor mum, like she's had enough of cricket now. My dad um, used to play for the Bulls back and he retired in 98, I believe. Okay. So he used to play... Um, you know, in that professional era of um, like Stewie Law, Andy Bickle, um, Steve Waugh, like all the all the really you know the great cricketers. Yeah. So, um, there's photos of my dad running around with Jack and I at the cricket field when um, he used to play. So I think I was always kind of destined to end up in the cricket in the cricket field. And then so my oldest brother Jack, he's 23 this year, and he's played cricket his whole life and. My dad says a really great story about how one night he went to tuck Jack into bed and Jack was cuddling his little cricket bat and turned over dad and, to dad and said, I want to be a bull like you one day. And funnily enough, now Jack's off contracted um, with the bulls and, huh. and doing really well. So, yeah, Jack got picked up and then Will's in the system. So, yeah, it's a very... Uh, this cricket always on, on our TV in our household. So if you don't like cricket, don't, don't bother coming over. <laughs> That's hilarious. Very good. Oh, awesome. And then what, it was, is it called the Brisbane Fire? Um, Brisbane Heat. Yeah. And then the Queensland Fire. Queensland Fire. Okay. Yeah. Now, are they the same as the Bulls, like in terms of equivalent? Yeah. So okay. that's just the female equivalent to the Queensland right. Bulls. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And uh, and what's that? That's 50 overs, isn't it? Yeah. So the girls, we only play um, 50 over, whereas the boys play like your um, three-day format um, yep. as well. So they play bit longer but yeah so 50 overs for the WN the Queensland Fire and then 2020 stuff for Big Bash cool yeah. and so also nutrition or dietetics sorry dietetics nutrition and dietetics yeah, yeah. Um, so that's I wouldn't even call it part-time it's kind of like casual because <laughs> I'm gonna be there forever um, but no I'm really enjoying that that's something that has really surprised me I didn't initially start out in that degree leaving high school I wasn't really sure I was kind of one of those people that didn't wasn't very certain on what they wanted to do yeah and so I kind of felt a bit behind the eight ball and at the time everyone was you know doing exercise science and that was you know the thing to do and I always kind of knew that I wanted to to study something in that um allied health field or kind of that connection to sport obviously just because I'd been exposed to that so much yeah so I started studying exercise science and that touched on subjects like biomechanics, um, biology, physiology, you know, um, even nutrition. And it wasn't until I did that nutrition subject in the second year, I kind of thought, oh, maybe this would be a pretty good stint. And I did really well at it, considering the, you know, the time that I'm at uni is very little. Um, so, yeah, made the move across to um, QUT. Um, and started a Bachelor of Nutrition and Dietetics, and yeah, it's been fantastic. Awesome, yeah. and that's 
like so the Brisbane Heat help you out with that? Yeah, so um, there's a actually a program called the ACA Australian Cricketers Association, and they're so great with helping out athletes, um, like studying just basically with life outside outside of cricket. So they kind of help with um, like uni tuition and um, tutors and obviously getting in contact with the uni coordinators and just going this is the schedule this is when they'll be here they're probably going to need a lot of assistance and yeah QUT have been really good working with the ACA and then now um, like our player development managers at cricket um, working all together to get some nice get some time at uni but yeah definitely. oh perfect that's good mm. um and so like what I would like to touch on now is how uh females in sport it's really coming through across all boards so cricket rugby league afl um how have you seen the progression go since you've been in there since grade 11 so what or yeah grade 11 is that right yeah yeah so grade 11 so over the last how many years is that uh, four or five, five. Four or five. So over the last five years, how have you seen the progression for female sport within, as an industry itself? Um, huge. And it's really special because I feel like I'm in such a really important and critical time of, you know, female, not just females in sport, but even females in cricket. And I just think just the number of um, girls playing sport now, like some of the statistics they bring up at cricket is honestly just mind-blowing mm. um like you hear a lot of the girls in my era say like i didn't even know there was a women's cricket like in a women's cricket yeah. team um and now like you turn on the telly and there's 21 games like you know the women's world cup is being broadcasted the wbbl is the the ashes is going to be broadcast the firebirds you know they're getting really great views on television now there's mm. just this I guess access to for young girls to see what they can achieve um yeah I don't know it's just so heart heartwarming yeah heartwarming to see that um because it is a like it is a career and you can make a living out of it so I think it's it's really important to you know to really express that it's not it's not just a dead end playing softball down the park yeah. you know so yeah I just feel like I'm in a, I'm in a really great um, great period to really push, you know, women in sport yeah. and, and encourage younger girls to do so. So. And how are all? Uh, do you still have a lot of? Um, I guess not. Not so much access, but are there still a lot of the women that I guess paved the way to where you are now? Because they also played a crucial role. They were, Definitely. they were the ones that kept the sport going. Yeah. And now you've you're in the the era where you're being televised so it's starting to be marketed to the masses as yeah. opposed to people who just had the passion yeah for it yeah it's um we actually after we won the big bash final in sydney um at the start of the year we flew straight into back from sydney into brisbane uh, and one of the sponsors approached us and said that we've congratulations like we've got this huge yacht all the girls are welcome go have a celebration um, but instead we actually headed down to the, the um, local grade comp, the final was on, and met up with all the old, old past players, and we all sat down and had a few drinks, and um, nice. basically kind of just like a thank you to them, because, you know, that, that wasn't possible if they, you know, hadn't paved the yeah. way for us, so 
that was really special just to meet them all and like a few of them are still kicking around with us at, at Greycom <laughs> so it's fantastic yeah um but it was just cool to um yeah kind of take a step back and and see how far we've come and what we've achieved but also you know not lose connection to the roots of of, yeah. of cricket so yeah it was good I think it's so great so I've got clients who have young daughters so you know early to mid high school and just the the opportunities that they're being given now because I remember back when I was in school like you know all the boys like we could go off and play AFL and play cricket and it was great and it would have all the pathways and the competition was was fierce yeah um I just think it's so great now that it's opening up and it's it's great for you guys who can make a career out of it but as well for the younger generation that are coming through that can see that there's opportunity there yeah. but I have to say as well with all the females that did pay, pay the way for it and even yourself I feel like you've all been so much more dedicated in not only the sport but also professional career outside mm -hmm. and it's still very much like that how and you said you're enjoying dietetics and nutrition do you still feel that that's extremely important for the longevity of not only your playing career but post professional career definitely definitely and it's not hard to look across at the the boys system and and just the way that I guess the opportunity for them to to pursue cricket full-time and at full capacity and get um, you know make a living for that and be really um, I guess financially stable and then there's girls in our team that are coming to training going to work full-time coming back to training and it's you kind of you can get really carried away in the bubble of, of mm. playing professional sport and I think it'll be disappointing to see it is a, it's a bit um, it's yeah it'll be tough when women's cricket becomes full-time and you see the girls just come straight from school into that era um, I don't know I just think it's quite it's humbling and it gives you a lot more perspective when you've kind of grafted your way both on and off the field but I guess yep. you know it is a win if that's the way that women's cricket is going but but yeah it'll be interesting to see there's a few girls that are starting out you know like um, are finding that they're not needing to work um, as much as what the other girls have um, will in the past or even now so mm. yeah I don't know it'll be a it'll be an interesting one yep. to wait and see how it pans out but yeah how do you find as well uh, social media in terms of because like we look social media can be the birth and the death of a lot of people um, you look at Israel Folau at the moment <laughs> and the shit storm that that's yeah. copping so how do you how do you go within uh well not only social media but how is it um i guess reflected in terms of from the the club level or not sorry not the club level the uh, team level um that's a good question we actually don't i guess it's not so much of a problem that we've even needed to speak about it well also being female you're a lot more intelligent than males <laughs> thank you um yeah i don't know i don't a lot of the girls' pages are just an expression of who they are and what they do, both on the field and off the field. Um, yeah, we haven't even, hasn't obviously really, hasn't been an issue anything to the extent of the whole is rough for our case. <laughs> um, I think that's just a bit of common sense. But um, yeah, I guess social media, even just to to reach that age group of the young girls coming through, it's so, so cute. I get messages 
all the time from younger like young girls in under 12s and under 15s asking if I've got any you know spare shirts or spare pads like they wouldn't even fit these little girls but yeah. um, it's just a really great great way to connect with um, your fans and and connect with the people that want to want to do the things that you're doing um, yeah awesome mm. fantastic so with uh, cricket as well um, I know it is like an Australian tradition to just be the best at banter within cricket. Like I go to all sporting games and this even comes from the crowd as well. The banter that comes from the crowd in cricket, I have to say is probably some of the wittiest. That's probably also to, you look at its heritage as well. It was, you know, a, a gentleman's game. So there's a, a bit more class in there, but how do you guys go with banter for females? Like, is it as sometimes savage as what the guys can be? Um, definitely not as savage. And growing up with two brothers and going to their cricket games, it gets damn heated in those <laughs> games. Um, but from a personal perspective, I'm not going to throw any chat because I know at the end of the day, I've probably got to sit down and face you know girls running and bowling like 110 115 at me so unless i'm the best cricketer going around i will not be opening my mouth okay but there are some girls in our team Gemma barsby <laughs> you can't she's like a little chihuahua and she's being called a few names under the sun doesn't care who you are how good you are what team you play for she'll give it to you and it is the funniest funniest thing just to watch her yap away at these girls batting and it works it definitely works like really? it's, it's strategic so yeah um but the banter isn't yeah it wouldn't definitely be a savage obviously you're not sending down 140 kilometer rockets yeah. so you've got a bit less to work with right um, right but still i mean it's the equivalent of yeah like you would no one would expect someone to throw no. that in cricket at least it's funny we're all all the as this kind of group of girls, you know, progress through the years together, we're becoming more close, even from other states. So now it's not so much banter; it's literally just like paying out your, your mates who play for WA, like while they're batting and you're having a bowl of them. Like yeah. it's, it's pretty, it's pretty funny. Nothing personal though. Yeah. Okay, that's good. I mean, as well, like I, I feel that the on-field and off-field support is so much greater with female sport because maybe the the competitive edge to get in there isn't as high in terms of when we talk about pathways yeah. um, there's so much more rooting out for guys like and I, I talk about what I know best AFL so that you could look at the draft and all of that that it's a lot harder to get into also a lot smaller cricket there's a lot more avenues I guess when it comes to 2020 and then yeah. um, everything else so yeah definitely <clears throat> it can be a lot more fierce on the field but at the same time and you see it all the time in sports highlights like the amount of um, good sportsmanship um, or sportspersonship yeah. um, played by or shown by females yeah. so I can understand if it's not as ruthless out <laughs> there but Ben is always good maybe it needs to you might have to practice a few yeah. one liners or something a bit more heel stomping yeah gosh I might have to wear a few more protection gear when I go out to bat so <laughs> so with cricket as well or I guess in terms of your sporting progression What's been one of the biggest um, obstacles that you felt you've had to face? Um, definitely one of the biggest ones for me was when I had to decide between... I kind of got to a point um, where I was competing at a really high level for javelin and then also in some of the Queensland teams for softball and I'd 
had been throwing and playing softball for quite a while um, and cricket was something that was really new for me and it kind of got to the stage where it was all just a bit much um, and my poor mum had to drive me from Downey Park over to Albion and then out to um, East Brisbane to throw javelin so it was just um, I kind of got to a point where I had to decide what I wanted to do and as a 17 year old girl you're not really thinking about what's going to happen in 10 years time so that was quite confronting Um, and the decision to go with cricket was um, daunting as well just because I hadn't really um, developed or hadn't even really made a spot for myself either like I was still learning I don't even know the footing positions now like I was really stuck (laughs) I was really fresh yeah um learning the rules so that was um a really big step step out of my comfort zone um but obviously that was the right decision just because of how far I've come now um and then probably the second one of the biggest setbacks I've had would be just after transitioning um getting done for a legal bowling action so from the I don't know if you've ever seen how they throw javelin it's literally like throwing a ball whereas in cricket you've got to keep your arms straight yeah so there'd be certain deliveries where I would my elbow would um, creep outside the recommended um, degree or whatever they say yeah um, so I had to have six months no bowling um, which was really which was so shit <laughs> but um, so, so was was that just because of repeat deliveries like that or it's basically because all the games are filmed now so they can kind of pick things up quite quickly um yeah yeah. and go back through footage but um like i said i was so fresh to cricket and but you know having a repeatable bowling action was something so new for me so i think Mm. i was kind of you know you're young you look at this person bowling you try to do that you look at this person bowling you try to do that and then mix with this you know couple of years of um you know habits are hard to break so like this javelin technique had been cemented in me mm. so it took a long time to 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 break down that um i guess that habit and did a lot of work with my dad a lot of remedial work with all my coaches um but i guess the silver lining in that is that you know cricket's not just about um one skill it's about you know being a, an all-rounder you know batting well and fielding well so i put a lot of time into hitting balls and doing a lot of volume fielding so I feel like that was a setback but also you know a opportunity to yeah grow my game in other facets so yeah perfect cool and so I guess so so you were handed down six months yes no volume was that through the season or out of the season Um, it was towards the end of the season so I ended up playing the last I think maybe three games and I wasn't allowed to bowl which was obviously a bit of a mark around for the team because they're losing a bowler but um mm. yeah I still got picked in the squads to play um so I just had to make sure I had a really big presence in the field and kind of nail everything else so yeah I'm glad we passed that yeah how long ago was that um that was about three years ago now okay so since then everything's okay yeah yeah since then everything's been really good um yeah. That, that's interesting. Didn't any of the coaches pick any of that up? Like, um, I guess yes and no, because a lot of people to the naked eye, it may look um, quite deceiving, like it might look like that, and it's not until you actually get tested and they can really nail it down to, mm. you know, like 
arm flexion and yep yeah so how did the fine come down was it just a, a letter like hey we've noticed this yeah so they 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 basically um ring the coach and ring the bowling coach and then they send you an email and just say basically look you need to come in for some testing um and you go in there and you're in your bra and your bike pants and they dot you up um, yep. and get you in front of like all the biomechanists there. Yeah. So it was actually pretty cool <laughs> to, <laughs> to be the subject yeah, of it. Yeah. Um, and then they basically bowl a couple balls, um, all your different variations at different speeds um, and they just look what you're most susceptible to. Um, and then they, they look at why that might be the case, um, whether that be strength, you know, like mobility was a massive one for me. Um, okay. What? Well, you too mobile, not mobile not enough. Not mobile enough. Okay. Um, and then obviously just the the background with throwing javelin was just, you know, a massive part of it as well. So I kind of had to forget everything that I knew and yeah. and basically start again. Um, so I kind of had that. It was about a year until um, the first game. So I had a good twelve months of really trying to nail yeah remedial work and and all of that. That's see, I I look at this as a essentially a double-edged sword or two sides i see that as yes okay fair enough they're trying to make equal playing for everyone however in an emerging field for women's sport yes try and correct the issue but don't penalize and take women out yeah i guess as well you're opening up this potential a new spot for another girl to come through yeah but how did they and was who who was the associate was this cricket australia that handed this down yeah okay cool did they give you any uh like any methods or anything like hey look if you fix this if you do this if you follow these plans if blah 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 blah, you'll be all good yeah yeah so they basically i sat down with the biomechanists um the buba ncc over at albion um and then both both the bowling coaches were there as well and it and it wasn't like a major change it was really minor but it was kind of just um yeah just going through drills and and just trying to work out what it should feel like versus what it does feel like now that I think is right um but they did a really like they were I love that I think that's their job is so cool mm. so them showing me you know the breakdown of the movements um and kind of ways to get around the barrier was um, was really interesting and like I still do those um, remedial exercises today before I bowl on the net so yeah, okay. it's kind of just I'm glad they did get it early because it takes years to kind of cement that um, yeah. muscle memory um, so I really I had to work on just literally forgetting everything that I thought was was right and going back to how to learn how to bowl again so yeah, I don't know. It, there's a few silver linings in it that I've kind of taken away from the whole situation. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I guess it was three years ago now, so yeah. it was like well, a lifetime. I, I agree. I think it would be great to n- nail that early because mm. as the competition gets harder, it would only come down stricter. Exactly. How did you feel the intention behind Cricket Australia handing that down was? Do you feel like they handed it down within your best interest and the best interest to the field or it was just it was more just punishment? I don't know, it definitely was um, out of it, you know, out of helping the player. And I think um, that they've actually done that a lot more. It was just hard because I was so young and already in the program. Yeah. Whereas if it was a girl coming through the pathways, they wouldn't need to, you know, lay down the sanctions. So it was kind of, um, it was just a really tricky spot that I was in because I debuted at 16 so young 
um, that that was just the, the process that had to happen. Mm. So I guess now there's a, and it happens a lot. Like, you know, girls don't, they fall into cricket kind of like I did coming from all these different sports. Um, so it's bound to happen. And, and I've seen it even coaching myself. So you kind of try and correct it as early as possible while yeah. they're still learning before they kind of get into that um, professional scene. Yep. Yeah. Cool. And um, all right, that's good that you just touched on with the coaching and stuff. How do you feel the grassroots level is now and is do you think with as females uh sporting in, within cricket do you feel like grassroots is getting better they've got somewhere to go is there any opinion on how it is now uh, i agree they're doing such a fantastic job and um grassroots has been given uh, just recently a massive sum of funding um to really look after especially the girls coming through um but the club that I play for, there's like three or four under 15 teams. Like, it's incredible. There's more... Female? Yeah. There's oh, like, wow. There's like more underage teams than there is, you know, first grade teams. So the way that it's looking is that in five years' time, the competition is going to be just as strong as the men. So... Nice. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Um, how are you finding as well? Because I reckon cricket, especially in the Commonwealth countries is quite strong across the board, so the UK and uh, New Zealand. Um, how are you finding their pathways for women as well? Is it sort of in par? Are we ahead? Are they um, ahead? I definitely say that we're ahead. Um, I definitely say that we're ahead, yeah. We've we've had a few international players come over and train with us, okay. and they kind of, um, you know, like six days a week, and at the moment it's quite full on. They kind of, after the second day, they like can't even walk because <laughs> it's just so full on. Um, I definitely think we're ahead. Um, I think England would be very close behind. Um, they're producing some really fantastic female cricketers at the moment, um, and uh, obviously they can run off the back of the England men's setup, which is pretty phenomenal over there. Yeah. Um, but I think it, we've had. Um, it's a. English girls are allowed to come over and play in our com, um, but domestic players from Australia can't go over and play English cricket over there. So why is, why is that? I think uh, I'm not quite sure. There's a lot of rules around it. Unless you're unless you're an Australian player or you've got a UK passport, they don't they don't let you. I don't know why. Is they as in the UK or they as in I, the UK? I think oh. it's something to do with like the Brexit. Yeah, well, basically, as a professional player going over there, they have to pay you. Right. Um, so they kind of, a lot of the teams kind of look at it and say, well, we want to kind of develop our own players. Yeah. Um, but that's definitely something that I would love to do. My partner's over in the um, UK playing at the moment. Yeah. And um, he's having an absolute, you know, ball of a time. So, but it'd be good, to, like, some. Pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, yeah, we've had some girls come over and they've been absolute legends um, and I've just heard nothing but great things about the setup. haven't really had too much to do with the Kiwi setup. But yeah. Any other countries to note that are doing it well? Um, we did have a Dutch player last year. She was oh. um, in our contracted um, 14, Stir Callis. She was quite the character. <laughs> um, but I think... Um, yeah, they're still in more of a developmental phase, kind of with their with their cricket. Right. Okay. Yeah, it was a really great experience for her to come over and and just see what training six days a week 
and playing on a Sunday was like. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Cricket World Cup starts soon as well, doesn't it? It does. I think it's already started. The men's has started. Okay. And there's female teams in there as well? Yeah. So yeah. the girls are about to head over there in a couple uh, to the UK in a couple of weeks. And I think they play an Ashes series. I'm actually not too sure. Same time? I think so. Okay. How many female World Cup teams? Do you know? Or roughly? God, I would have no idea. I should know. Ballpark? Oh, God. Ten? Not that many? Oh, I don't think so. Maybe <laughs> six? Yeah, okay. Maybe. Well, we know at least three. Like yeah. New Zealand here and the UK. Windies, India. They'd probably have like a Pakistani team, maybe. Yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe. India? India, yeah. Yeah, because they seem, they're full on for Yeah, cricket. I should actually, I should know that. I should be more prepared, sorry. That's all good, that's all good. <laughs> I wouldn't have even asked the question had we gone into it. No, that's all good. Cool. Um, all right, and so... What are your aspirations in just cricket from here on? Are you trying to break into the Australian squad? I guess that is that the goal for every female? Yeah, yeah that's definitely a goal for me. Um, but still being so young in the squad, I think my primary goal is to really cement my spot in this Queensland Fire and Brisbane Heat team. Yep. Um, and then not just be a fast bowler, but become a bowling all-rounder mm-hmm. um, I think just the way the game's going you can't just give one skill otherwise you're going to find yourself on the sideline and then then washed out so yep. I think that's kind of the primary goal and I know like I know I, I'll work hard and if I get some game time you know opportunities come and if one day that might be the baggy green that would just be absolutely unreal but, awesome yeah. yeah what do you feel in terms of immediate goals, so cementing your place in both teams, what do you feel is one of the biggest things that you're working on at the moment to do um, that? <laughs> it's funny. Um, I think I need to be a little bit more selfish. In, yeah, how in, so? In the terms that I am a very people person and I you know, like to make sure that everyone's getting along okay and, and you know, minimal conflict is yep. what I'm about, but... I think sometimes I put other people, other people before myself, and you know um, now that we're entering this professional era, and um, I don't think there's any any time for that anymore. Um, and if it's if that means I'm giving up my spot, then what am I here for, kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. So I think this year I just I'll probably work on being a bit more ruthless, and and I'm still one of the youngest in the squad, but I don't think that necessarily means that. I don't deserve to be there more than anyone else. Well, I mean, age is nothing. You've been in the squad probably longer than some older people that are there. So you've got the experience. Yeah, definitely have the experience. I think it's just about, you know, taking the opportunity when it's there. And then when you, when you get that opportunity, not, not giving it away to someone else. Yeah, definitely. What, um, what's one of the biggest skills within cricket that you want to work on personally? Um, that you feel might be a downfall? I'd, I'd probably say um, my batting. Okay. Um, and I love batting. I just have never had the opportunity to to hit, well, you know, bat in games. So, um, you know, this preseason, like, I've already done quite a fair bit of work and hit some more balls when I come back. And I've just recently moved um, grade clubs from Sandgate to Valleys. Um, and that was just um, purely opportunity-based um, to open their batting or bat you know up the order there so yep. yeah that'll be a nice fresh start there and I guess that'll be a, a true test to 
to see, you know, if I'm <laughs> cut out for this whole batting thing. But no, I'm really excited. Nice. All right. So that that is great. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Okay. So what does it take to get into these squads? So let's talk about the testing that's the testing. required. Um, so we have, obviously, they pick up on general skill. Um, but the fitness side of it is pretty hectic. Um, at the end of every season, you're given preseason targets to come back and hit. Um, so our major strength tests are um, mid-side pull on the um, like the isometric machine, um, bench pull, mid-side pull, mid-side pull. So you're basically standing on this. Um, this square and you literally are pulling a stationary bar and it's um measuring like your your power that you're pushing down through the plate so it's just like a relative um so is it almost like a racked pull like a deadlift yes yeah okay cool um so they've got you know all the technology that and it just measures power output yeah so yeah it's pretty cool yeah basically cool um so mid-thigh pull bench pull um You've got like your one RM back squat. You'll have your um, rear leg elevated split squat or Arles. Um, yep. Obviously vertical jump. So they're all our, um, oh, and then push-ups. So you do push-ups for max. Um, so they're our main um, strength tests. And then you've also got our aerobic tests, which are um, run of three. So you basically do six um, three like when you're running between wickets so three efforts six times I think it's on about 10 seconds um, and they average out your time um, 2k time trial I don't know if you're familiar with that which is absolutely brutal yeah um, 2.4 we did in the army oh that's right you yep. were telling me we got, <laughs> yeah, lose sleep before those ones um, and then we've just started the 30-15 test yeah it's it's this new one where it's 30 seconds um, basically like shuttle interval running and then 15 off and that was pretty hard we did that yesterday so so as many shuttles within 30 seconds yeah so it's it's kind of like a mixture between the beep test and the yo-yo test I've heard I haven't done yeah, the yo-yo test but I just recently heard of yo-yo uh, doesn't um, sound pleasant because I think that's what netball do oh well yeah, there you go yeah so it's basically like um, this it's a every time it beeps you need to hit these cones for 30 seconds and then you get rest and go again for as long as you can. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. Um, it, it's funny, some of those tests, I'm just trying to think, like, why? So I understand push-up, max, max push-ups in two minutes. Yeah. So they're testing endurance, but how much chest do you use in cricket? Um, yeah, look, I'm not familiar with... Um, the reasons the, why. The reasons why. Yeah. Um, and even, like... The run of three I get is very specific. Yeah. Um, but even like the 2K, it's, you know, in a game of cricket where if you're a bowler, you're doing up to 14K. So it's kind of like, yeah, I mm. don't know. I I should sit down and find out. But is, I'm sure they have their, and you, you are looking for the fittest. Yeah. But um, is, is there different, um, I guess, allowances or whatever for, either age, height, or <laughs> role? Um, no. <laughs> okay. There's not. Um, but there's no um, set targets. It's kind of just based on the individual. So it's quite difficult when um, 
a, a girl that hasn't been contracted comes into the system and has never you know done a proper gym program before never done any running sessions yeah. before especially when they're quite young they have no concept of lifting like it's so new yeah. to them so it kind of takes a couple of months for the snc to sit down and work out you know obviously there is a ballpark of times and um yeah and weights that um we should be lifting and running but um yeah it, it does take a while for those results to really be um specific i guess for the individual yeah yeah um do the guys do the same sort of stuff they do okay oh well they're just keeping in line with yeah. the males i guess that's fine but yeah they um they throw some big weights around in the gym yeah right which is hard because you never really see any thick cricketers no you see like there's some coming through now like um Stoinis, like I don't know if you've heard of Marcus Stoinis, but he's quite like physically big. But I guess apart from that, it's really just about the. What's he do, batsman? He's an all rounder. Okay. But he's yeah, quite muscly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. And I think it's funny because we've had a f- we've got a few new girls contracted um, the last couple of years, and it just shows how important general fitness is even before you enter like the professional arena how important it is to be fit because if you come in and you've never run two years in your life you're going to be in a world of hurt for the pre-season it is you'll be spewing at your breakfast more times than you eat it like yeah yeah so but you know we all started there so back when i was in year 11 i was in that exact same spot so i don't envy them so what are you doing for your fitness now uh, outside of what the uh, clubs get you to do? So in the off season, they give us about, well, off season is six weeks um, and they basically give us a period of two weeks and they could say, whatever you, do whatever you want. Don't even have to exercise or work out if you want. Um, but then in this next, the back four week phase, we give you a um, back to lifting program. But I've just been training at FitStop um, at Windsor here and um, I literally did that the day after <clears throat> the season ended because I knew where I needed to be um, at the start of the season and um, if you don't meet your targets you're in chub club and that was <laughs> that is not that's not an option for me because you have to give up your Saturday mornings at 5am to box I love boxing well, not at Saturday on at 5am and it's at Kangaroo Point which is a little bit too far for me so that means 4am wake up so I'd already worked out that I needed to find somewhere very close, very fast. Um, and like I said to you before, like this has possibly just been the best decision I've ever made. Um, and I've tried things like F45 and, and eight rounds, but I don't know, just like the first day I even came here, I met so many people and everyone was just so welcoming. And I've genuinely made friends that I see outside of FitStop. You know, I catch up for coffee and I've only been here for like eight weeks now. That's awesome. So yeah, I've just had an absolute ball and I knew, um, I kind of knew the, (coughs) excuse me, the targets I had to hit when I came back. So I just worked really hard with Clay and and practiced those lifts um, and came back to preseason testing the other week and smashed all my um, targets, so. Perfect, so you you performed better than you hoped? Yeah, I came back actually stronger than what I left as, so. That's very good. It was a really, really really good result. But yeah, I'm just really, and I remember, I was just saying to you before, I remember driving past um, 
like months ago and seeing girls run up the hill look like they were dying and I was like oh, who would ever want to who would ever honestly want to do that put yourself through that and then my f second session was a fit session and it was like the 100 meter runs in between <laughs> and I thought holy crap like what is this what is this place but and I keep going back so well I remember when you first came as well and um it was just like Clay's like oh yeah this is George I'm like oh hey and I think we partnered up for something and I didn't realise how fit you were as well so you, it was like but I was like holy fuck and then you're like oh yeah you know I play cricket and I'm like oh who do you play for oh I play for Brisbane and it's just like oh shit because yeah it was we were going toe to toe for a while I, I mean, do. I was struggling because like, I suck at fit. But you lift heavy and I don't lift that heavy. Well, that's my only excuse. <laughs> Sometimes it's still not even Is heavy. Is that why you do all the functional sessions? <laughs> well, no, I wish I could do more functional, like train in the functional sessions. That'd be better. True. Yeah. Okay, that, that's awesome. So in terms of your progression through, and not so much yours, but what would, uh, for, for any females listening, what would be the type of progression and what they could expect? So going from club to a, I guess, a, a rep. Is, is there a rep team before you get to state? Um, there's the um, youth pathways. There's an under 15 and an under 18 pathway now. Um, which, But you have to play club cricket to get selected in these pathways. Okay. Um, so all these girls would have to be playing club. But yeah, I would honestly definitely recommend getting yourself into some, and it's just not even about like playing professional sport, but just for your general health. Like it's really important to, to live an active lifestyle. So I don't know, definitely, you know, get out on some runs and even join a gym like Fitstop um, yep. or whatever's closest to you. Cause um, yeah, makes a huge difference. Yeah, mm. awesome. And then, so I guess going from that club level, it's just a matter of getting selected from there because are there grades within club? Um, there is. There's not many just because of the amount of people that um, are playing the game yeah. at our age group, I guess. There's first grade and second grade, whereas okay. in the men's you'll see them go right down to sixth grade. Yeah. Um, so you've got to be playing um, first grade to be selected for Premier Cricket. Cool. How many, um, I guess in the... <coughs> In the Brisbane area, how many first grade female teams would you say there are, like ballpark? I could probably count my finger, five. Really? Yeah, okay. not many at all. Do you get a lot of interstate girls? Like, is, is Brisbane a good, um, I guess, because uh, cricket is played all over the nation as opposed to you look at other codes where, you know, you've got massive presence in Melbourne for um, yeah, AFL fun. and... Mm. NRL in Sydney um, you don't get too many interstate players just because they play in there oh actually no I'm mistaken I take that back you do get a few girls from like Toowoomba Darling Downs um, like regional girls but nothing okay. from like um, you know state to state because they all kind of play in their own com yep. but it's not so much um, it's kind of like my age group from that 17 to 21 you kind of see girls finish high school and then not know what's available for them so they yeah. kind of like none of their friends play cricket or they're playing netball so they you know go off and do the sports that have bigger um kind of attendances mm -hmm. um but like we've seen in the the youth development and the under 15 and under 12 teams coming through the clubs is just like mind-blowing yeah so like, like no doubt in the next gosh three three to five years there'll be 
there'll be plenty of more first grade teams, which is exciting. Perfect. Yeah. In your opinion, um, more objectively, so no, you're in Brisbane, you're going to go from Brisbane and you're from here, but what do you feel, which state do you feel probably has the best pathway and best growth at the moment? <sighs> just from what you've seen. I'd probably have to say just from the cricketers that they've produced, probably the New South Wales or the Victorian states. Okay. Um, they always seem to really dominate at the youth the youth tournaments, along with Queensland. Um, and they've produced some pretty damn good cricketers yep. doing so. So I know that their pathways are quite similar to ours as well. Cool. Mm. And is it once you get to um, the fire and the heat, level is that where you know you can be drafted into another state like if if another state comes along and goes we want yeah you. yeah definitely or even um like it's a few of the underrating girls um obviously because there's select you know the selectors from all over the country kind of at these big national competitions so if you have a really good competition like your name's probably going to be floating around out there so yeah um even if you're not playing at state level if you're still playing at that national level level in the under 18 competition um yeah there'll always be people watching and everything's on everything's recorded now and on on our um ams which is our athlete management system um every coach has access to that database so wow okay yeah it's pretty easy to get found out cool yeah well that's really good i mean it's way ahead of any time that when I was coming up through sport, um, which is like over 10 years ago now. Um, what I want to know as well is, so with um, this projection of grassroots coming through, do you feel that there could be any uh, issues in terms of, because there's such a volume coming through and it is going to create more, do you feel like it could also discourage females because they might also be at a stage now where they can see and go, oh, look, she got in because the competition level wasn't as high. Not to not to discourage anyone's ability yeah. because it's there at the time. But do you feel like it might put girls off because there could be so much competition, like suddenly? Potentially. I mean, that's never happened, so it's really hard to kind of... Um, really hard to kind of even think about but there has been like um even since the growth of the women's big bash there's been a whole heap of old players come back just because of you know when they played obviously there was no contracts no money um like they would be funding their own way to to games and stuff where everything now we is taken care of so there has been like a um a few old girls come back and you know just see what's around and um but potentially i guess have they been able to like sustain and be at a level that they should be or not yet <laughs> i mean once you spend a bit of time out of cricket you it takes a while to get back yeah like back to where you were but um yeah i don't know i probably would foresee that coming cool yeah all right and in the future what do you feel um in terms of your training like what are you going to do like i mean you've got your program from uh cricket so is it is do both clubs in terms of heat and fire do they kind of work within each other to disperse yeah so um the season's kind of the season's nine months and it's broken up or ten months is broken up um so this year we'll kind of have 
a couple of rounds of WNCL um, and then girls can break off into their franchises that they're contracted to. Um, so I'll stay at Brisbane and we'll have um, the eight-week season or whatever it is smack bang in um, October, November and then break for Christmas for the first time in a long time, which is so exciting, um, and then back for another couple games. So it's the same coaching staff, just different girls come in and out. So luckily for me and some of the girls that are contracted for both um, WNCL and um, heat in Brisbane working with the same coaches the same SNC is a huge huge help because you feel like you've made the connections and you've yep. you know what you're doing and what you're working on which is really nice cool and how's uh how's your life at Fitstop I know like you've had to t- scale back slightly still so going to keep that up in the off so season sad. definitely like now coming back into season I live just down the road so I'm, I'm sure I'll pop in for like a Saturday or because I won't yep. be at Chum Club doing boxing on a 5am Saturday <laughs> I'll be in here um, but no I love Fitstop and I haven't like I can't even stress enough to the girls at cricket how much they sh- you know how important it is to to keep working in the off season but even just try something like Fitstop I feel them like there's a girl at Ashgrove um, she's at Fitstop Ashgrove and then um, even one of my friends Sophie Conway she plays for the Lions she's been going to Fitstop as well and like they just rave about it yeah and like I said that this is all I did in the off season came in most days tried to do a park run every Saturday and like you come back and you're not in a world of hurt like the other six or seven girls you know it just and just the community is like I love all the people here everyone is just so cool and I'm sad but I'll be I'll try and pop in you know yeah once a week or we'll even just say hey on my way to training <laughs> yeah you just yell at the car when he everyone's does. running up the hill <laughs> give me a beat yeah. <laughs> um that's awesome like it's it's so good that other girls are doing it as well mm. and they're getting the benefits from it and it's good because like with any franchise there's always going to be those differing effects like obviously the best one is Windsor but it's good that you know they're giving raps to yeah. the other clubs as well yeah um, so that's really good what um what we're going to go through now is just our um our final questions yep. so what it is is I ask everyone um you know these same questions and at the end of the podcast so but if is there anything else as well that you can think of that you wanted to mention no because i think we've got a lot which is perfect cool so what's your morning routine look like um actually let's go well let's do this as a double answer or a double question so what's your morning routine look like in uh pre-season off season (laughs) um morning routine off season uh 6 a.m fit stop uh, can't do the 5am, can't get up that early 6am fit stop, usually after that I'll head to yoga um, at about 9.30 I mean that's actually was my, basically my everyday in the off season um, cricket um, so this morning for example we got up and did some conditioning, we had a 2k 2k time trial and then some running after that um, went back to cricket did a bit of remedial bowling so we probably bowled about 24 to 36 balls just working on like a lot of mechanical movements um and then had a net session after that um and then about 90 minutes in the gym doing some heavy lifting nice Hmm. 
out of those two morning routines, is there something that you always do that if you don't do it, for me, it's, it's coffee. If I yep. don't have a coffee in the morning, dead. Yeah, I always find a time to head to my favorite cafe, which is Milk & Co over in New Farm. Um, and I'm always, I'm always there on a Monday. <laughs> it's my Monday routine, but I usually go over there most days. <laughs> um, and they do incredible acai bowls. So if you're an acai lover, Milk & Co New Farm, you won't regret it. Um, and I usually just take my laptop and catch up on some emails and that's on a rare day that I have off. Cool. What's, uh, what's your favorite pastime activity? Oh, my favorite pastime activity. You know, very simple, but it would have to be when I was growing up Tuesdays, we'd always go and meet my nan over at Brookside Shopping Center. I don't know if you're familiar with Brookside. Yeah. Every Tuesday, and we'd get to choose donuts from Donut King. And I would die because I'd be so excited to see whether they did dinosaurs, Christmas trees, round donuts, and I'd always get a donut every Tuesday. And obviously, now it's probably not a great idea to eat donuts anymore. So over at Country Road, there's a Donut King right next to us, and I just walk past it every day. And it reminds me of the Tuesday I get to go see my nan. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. And do you still catch up with your nan on yeah. Tuesdays? Yeah. So oh. not every Tuesday, obviously, my busy schedule. But yeah, yeah it's always nice to kind of touch back. Oh, that's awesome. Um, who do you feel, uh, outside of your family, has had the biggest impact on your life or professional life? Outside of my family, that's really difficult. Because everyone usually says mum and dad. Yeah. I'd even say my brothers. Um, do you feel there's been any role models or cricket that have had a pretty big impact or um, coaches? My dad's my coach and probably my biggest role model. Um, I'd probably even go to say, like, um, just even, like, the old school Bulls players, that were, oh, which is all that we watched, probably, like, Andrew Simons and Andy Bickle. Um, from a cricket perspective, they were probably yep. my biggest role models, just with the um, aggression that they bowled with and also the, the fun they had off the field. I thought that was pretty cool. And, like, seeing Bick around... Queensland cricket now, um, seeing what he gets up to off the field is pretty funny. So yeah, I'd probably say those two. Okay, cool. Um, what's been one of the biggest point of view or opinions that you've changed recently or had changed? An example might be, so for me, if I read a new study that says something like this and there's actual evidence to mm. prove it, then that could potentially change my view on squat patterns. Yeah, definitely, obviously with the degree that I'm doing, um, having evidence-based opinion is really important. Um, yep. So that's actually probably a really great one. Um, I think a lot of the, at the moment in our team, what we're working on um, is being a great cricketer, but also being a really great person. Um, and it's unfortunate that you do meet some cricketers that are so caught up in that bubble um, of professionalism they actually kind of forget to be a decent human so mm. I think just over the last kind of year or two even being like here at Fitstop you know there's there is a, a life outside of cricket and you know you can take you know traits from other people that you meet um, and you know take them into new scenarios so I think yeah just having a bit of perspective I guess um, okay. while at cricket yeah so 
let, let's elaborate on that a little bit. What what do they mean? So being a better person is that in terms of like making time for fans or making time for yourself? Definitely making time for fans. Um, I think a perfect example is that when we went to Mackay. I mean, I think there was literally about five thousand people at one of our round games, which is huge. Mm. Um, and you know, I walked the fence. I did a whole lap until I had literally signed everything for anyone, um, just because you know people make the time to come out and support you know women's sport and then women in cricket. And I feel like it's only fair to just you know pay it forward. And yeah. And so we've kind of made a massive, um, I guess, not a rule, but it's not hard to be a good person I guess and you know making time for your teammates if they someone needs to throw balls you throw balls to them say good day when you walk past just little things like that yeah yeah good which can sometimes get lost with just people as well you don't have to be a professional 100% yeah caught up in all your own shit that goes on that's really good I'm glad that they're doing that um and now time to plug stuff but before we plug yourself um, have you got any recommendations on podcasts books they can be audio as well YouTube influencers so anyone you follow that you would like to shout out or anything definitely Claude's and Liss from a nutrition and dietetics perspective yep love those girls um, and I do listen to <clears throat> um, Food Psych that's probably more my um study related ones um but that's probably it i don't even really listen to much cricket stuff just because i'm literally at cricket yeah, every okay. day so i'm when i leave i'm like oh, that's enough um, yep. yeah i think that's about it not that i can think of anymore off the top of my head mm. perfect and then oh so that's claudia uh, kramer dietitian or yeah. dietetics dietitian dietitian and then Alyssa conan Dietitian. dietitian as well yeah. okay, so they never got dietetics in their name cool so yeah that's the two girls fit stop as well oh right. yeah obviously fit stop Windsor. follow them guys yeah it's yeah. on my story almost every week so <laughs> perfect alright and then um, your socials where can we find you um, I'm on Instagram um, just as Georgia Prestwich or Twitter um, but yeah Instagram is probably a more accurate representation of what I get up to during the week. Um, it's just a lot of fitness, a lot of cricket and a lot of yoga and a lot of coffee. Nice. Yeah. All the good stuff in life. I know. It's all you need, right? Yeah. And my dog, so. Oh, yeah. The Dalmatian? Yeah. Oh, stop. <laughs> I, just, just saw oh, yeah. the, I just saw the post before. <laughs> She's got her own Insta- Instagram account too that's on there as well. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, well, Georgia, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, and like I said, I'm going to get yourself, Claude and Liss on oh, and we'll good. do a bit of a round table. So we've got all levels of experience in terms of dietetics and nutrition and uh, a whole bunch of opinions as well. So that'll be great. Brilliant. Thank so you for having wait me. To get you. No, not a problem. Thank you. Alrighty, guys. We will catch you on the next one.